Well, we hear some amazing news from Jesus, why we should be able to sing a little louder, even in the midst of where we are. This comes from John 16, This will be our driving prayer verse for those of you that put in prayer requests. Uh, this is what Jesus has to say. I've told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. However, take heart because I have overcome the world. Take heart because I have overcome the world. Four things I want you to know how we're praying. It says, I've told you all of this so you may have peace in me. That word peace means a peace that supersedes circumstances. That Jesus is offering something that supersedes all the things that we're facing. He next says, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. The word is tribulation. And it's a Greek word which describes the giant weight of that day that they used to crush grain into flour. <clears throat> some of us, some of you are feeling that crushing pressure of what's going on in your world right now, in our world. Jesus says, but I want to give you a peace that transcends even that circumstance. He says, the next thing here, but take heart. In other words, he's saying, determine your source. Choose your source correctly. And then he says here, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And I love that phrase, I have overcome the world. It's in a particular tense that means this. It indicates a past action with ongoing results. A past action with present consequences. That's what the resurrection is all about. A past event that keeps having on and ongoing consequences because we put our hope and trust in him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that our hope is in you, that you have overcome all that we are going through, and that you offer peace, a peace that transcends and supersedes the circumstances we're in. Father, I pray that all of us would put our hope and trust in you, knowing that you have said, not only are you with us, but you have overcome the world for us. Father, I pray that we would put our hope and trust in you, not our hope and trust in other people or other things, but in you and in you alone. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I pray that our hope will be in you and in you alone, and we commit uh, this worship to you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is good to have you join us in worship. Uh, if you have a Bible, I'd like for you to take your Bible and turn to John chapter 20. That'll be our focal passage in just a moment. Uh, a few other verses I want to bring to you before we get started in uh, John chapter 20. I read something interesting uh, that frontline responders are having to deal with, and uh, it is called pre-TSD which is, stands for pre-traumatic stress disorder. Pre-traumatic stress disorder. And what that is is there's information that uh, is coming saying from other countries of what, is, what they're experiencing, and it will probably come here as well. And one of the front-end responders said the result is that we're all feeling the psychological ramifications of the trauma. We just haven't experienced the trauma yet. I mean, think about this, that we have the fear of the unknown and fear of what might happen. And so we begin to own all those emotions, and yet the trauma hasn't necessarily happened yet. I think that's something that Satan wants to leverage for sure. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying there shouldn't be anxiety. I'm just saying 
that our hope needs to be in Christ, in Christ alone, that there is a peace that we talked about in John 16, that there's a peace that supersedes all the crushing weight that comes upon us because Christ is with us. So a passage that will kind of be a thread through all of our uh, passages over the next uh, several weeks is going to be found in Hebrews 6.19. Let me read it to you. It says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Think about this. This hope, and when you think about hope, you think about hope is future-oriented. And, and one of the things we always want to make sure, and especially as I deal with uh, some situations uh, where people have lost hope, it's just so difficult to deal because there is no future orientation at all. But there in Hebrews it says, there is a hope that is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And by the way, hope has a name, and the name is Jesus, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And it's speaking of this anchor, this anchor leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. God is greater than any vaccine that we would have, that our hope is to be in him and him alone. So we want to talk about how the resurrection actually matters, not just last week as we talked about uh, the raising a hallelujah, so to speak, that Jesus is alive. So what difference does it make a week later? The resurrection promises you all the grace you need now. Let me remind you of one verse, and then we'll jump into our John uh, chapter 20 passage. Last week we finished with 1 Corinthians 15. And verse 25, it said, for he must reign, speaking of Jesus, for Jesus must reign, or another way literally would say, Jesus will continue to reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. Think about this for just a moment. I hope you caught it last week, that he is already reigning. He's already in charge. He's already on the throne. And he must reign, he will continue to reign until all the enemies are put under his feet. And so we still live in this broken world and he's going to make it all right. But until then, he's still in control. Your end has been determined if you put your hope and trust in Christ. Here's how Dr. Tripp put it. If your end has already been guaranteed, which it has been because we put our hope and trust in Christ and he defeated death, which is uh, the last enemy to be destroyed... If your end has already been guaranteed, then all the grace you need along the way has been guaranteed as well, or you wouldn't make it to your appointed end. And so we gain hope now, even though we can't see everything around us clearly. We have hope because we know where our end is taken care of. And because there is this hope out in the future, we know if we're going to make it, then he also provides enough for us to get there until then. Future grace always carries with it the promise of present grace. That being said, I want us to learn from the disciples because they experienced the resurrection of Jesus Christ and they celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I want to take it to a passage in John chapter 20, verse 19, and it is uh, the Sunday evening of the resurrection day. So Jesus has been raised from the dead that morning, and then this evening, this is the context of where they are. Chapter uh, 20, verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Now, we don't want to fly through that too quickly here. In fact, 
It talked about locked doors. The word is plural, meaning that the downstairs and upstairs doors were locked. They were scared of the unknown. Talk about social distancing. Oh, my word. And so they not only lock one door, they go inside the house and then they even lock their, uh, the attic of where they are. In other words, they were living as if it was still Good Friday or Silent Saturday instead of Resurrection Sunday. But remember, the resurrection promises you all the grace you need now. Look at the next part of verse 19. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Here they are in the midst of being fearful, and all of us have something that probably that's gripping us that we're losing sleep over. And yet, they were scared as well. And suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them, and he says, Peace be with you. And as he spoke, he showed them his wounds in his hands and his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. What I want us to note is Jesus is going to transform the disciples' fear into courage. And how can he do that for us in the current pandemic that we're in? A couple of things. Want to know straight out of Scripture. One, Jesus came to them. And you need to know that wherever you are, even if you are up in the attic and locked doors and you have totally isolated yourself from everything, Jesus comes to where you are. You don't have to look for him. He is right there. He shows up where you are. He is present. He will meet you behind locked doors. Locked doors do not hinder Jesus. The current pandemic does not hinder Jesus. Jesus. Notice, secondly, Jesus doesn't show up empty-handed. In fact, when he shows up, he says, peace be with you. And remember, that is the same word that uh, we used earlier in John 16, peace that supersedes circumstances. Who doesn't want that? I do. A peace that supersedes all the unknowns. Are you kidding? Sign me up for that. So Jesus says, not only am I going to come and meet you where you are, not only am I with you, I'm going to offer you a peace that supersedes whatever is out of control in your life. And then look in verse 21, because he's worked with some slow people, and I would be among them, probably the slowest of all. And then it says, and again, he said, peace be with you. Because my guess is they were probably thinking, yeah, but you, and then they fill in the blank. And all of us do is say, yeah, I know God's in control, but I know God's worked in the past, but I know he's risen from the grave. Think about what you just said. He's risen from the grave, but are you kidding me? There is nothing that is impossible with God. He comes and he stands beside you. He's with you even in, in, in the most difficult situations. And he's with you. And he says, and I, not only am I with you, I'm going to give you a peace that supersedes all circumstances. And let me remind you again, in case you've just forgotten what I just said about five seconds ago, peace be with you. And then interesting here, Jesus gives them a job. Think about this. To give these people a job in spite of their many failures. They had forsaken him. They had fled him just days earlier. Peter had denied him three times. And yet Jesus says, he didn't come up and didn't reprimand them. He didn't say, you really blew it and all that. He just says, hey, I'm with you and I'm going to give you courage. I'm going to give you a peace that supersedes circumstances. And by the way, I have a job for you. I want you to represent me to the people that I put in your pathway. 
He was giving them a job. People need hope, and the name of, the, of hope is Jesus. And you and I have that hope, and we need to pass that on. So where do we pass this hope on? This hope that is named Jesus. Where do we pass it on? Where do we look for those people? First, I think there are three places to look. First, look in your home. God has dropped people right in your home or right next, if you're in an apartment, right next uh, door to you if you're living uh, by yourself. God has placed people right in your pathway, and they're the ones that need to be offered hope, that you begin to pray for them and that you offer words of encouragement. And sometimes those closest to us are the most difficult sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. But start where you are. Look where God has you. He has you right, right, the people right in front of you. Next, look next door. Before the foundation of the earth, Jesus knew this would be going on. And he placed your next door neighbor on either side of you. He placed them there knowing that the best opportunity for them to see Jesus and to experience Jesus is by dropping followers of Jesus in your house where you are. Okay, so look right in front of you. Look next door and then look across the street. There are people on the other side of the street. Again, same story before the foundation of the earth. He knew the people that needed to hear about Jesus and he placed them there. So we have uh, an immediate take home for you. And here's what we're going to do. We've already uh, taken care of uh, packing some packets. And these packets uh, have... A couple of cards in it. You'll be able to see them when we pass them out to you. In fact, I'll pull this one open. There are a couple of packets in Ziploc. And in these Ziploc packages are two cards uh, that we would like for you to write a, car, uh, write a note to your neighbor. And you can hand the packet to them. And by the way, uh, they've been sanitized. We came together and we cleaned them carefully. And so you can let your neighbor know that they are germ-free until you touched it. Um, but uh, inside the card, there are uh, gift cards for local food, coffee, uh, and coffee establishments. And it's just for you to encourage your neighbor. Write a note on the outside and say, we just wanted to encourage you and want to know that if you have any, any specific prayer requests, uh, you can uh, let us know and we'd be honored to pray for you. That is, is really important for them to know that you care about them and that you're just reaching out. Now, the question would be, how do you know when to get them? Hang on, and I'll tell you how you can get them even today. And so we'll talk about that. So we know, one, that Jesus shows up where you are. Jesus gives them a job. And then you are maybe saying, so what about I'm a little fearful of going and telling my neighbors and knocking on the door. I want you to notice the third thing that Jesus did. He resourced them. Look at verse 22. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Think about this. What they needed, they were fearful, and what he knew was they needed someone to dwell in them. He needed, they needed the presence of Jesus. And in John 14, it says this, Jesus said, And I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate. The word means to come alongside. Notice this, who will never leave you. Who is it? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the presence of Jesus who lives in you, who will lead you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it's not looking for him, doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives in you now and later will be in you. 
And so he's resourcing you. You can go in the power and the presence. You get to be his representative. You are his advocate, so to speak, the one who comes alongside your neighbor and just simply offers him a word of encouragement. And then look at verse 23. It, it just, I spent some time this week looking at this and looking at different uh, theologians who comment on this because it's interesting. He says something that's kind of strange. Verse 23, if you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Hmm. I thought God was the one who forgives. Most theologians come to this conclusion, and I'm quoting Dr. Bob Utley when he says there's a relationship between those who share the gospel and those who receive the gospel. Here's what he says. Someone with the gospel knowledge, that's you and that's me, those of us who are followers of Jesus. Something, someone with the gospel of, of knowledge chooses to share it. We go next door, and they choose to share it. And someone who hears it must choose to receive it. Both aspects are required. And so your job is not to, quote, unquote, win or, or convince your friends they need Jesus. Your job is simply just to point them to Jesus. You and I just, we're tour guides. We just point to Jesus. And one of the ways we point to Jesus is by taking a note card and writing a note on the outside and giving a place for them uh, to send a prayer request if they have it. And you just bless them. It's their responsibility then to do what they're going to do with the information. All that a follower of Jesus can do is share the message of forgiveness. God performs the miracle of forgiveness. It's not on you. It's not on me. So this is what Jesus did. He said, I'm with you. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm, I'm coming alongside you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to give you a job. I'm going to give you a peace that, that totally supersedes all that's going on around you. I'm going to resource you. And then, very interestingly, in verse 24, it's, it, it speeds up to eight days later. So here we go. Eight days later, after Jesus has told them what I just shared with you. Eight days later, verse 26 uh, there's someone in, in, the, uh, in the group called uh, Thomas, Doubting Thomas, because he was not with them a week earlier for some reason. We're not exactly sure where he was. They told him, hey, we've seen Jesus. And he said, I'm not going to believe it till I see his hands and I see the scars where they nailed him. And so then in verse 26, eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time Thomas was with them. Okay, get ready. Brace yourself. The doors, plural, were locked. Ah, okay, so how many times do we have to learn? Now, the, you're probably reading ahead. Don't read ahead. But, but you think, oh, Jesus is going to give it to him. He's going to say, ah, oh, I wouldn't have. What is wrong with you? Did you not hear what I just said to you a week earlier? The doors were locked, plural, so inside doors as well as outside doors. But suddenly, as before, here goes, Jesus shows up. He's standing among them. And what does he say? Does he reprimand them? No, he says, peace be with you. Let me remind you that I offer, I offer a peace that supersedes all circumstances. Peace be with you. And he leaves it at that. And then he looks at Thomas, who wasn't around earlier. And then he says to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. And then look at the possessive pronoun that, that, that Thomas uses. He says, my Lord, my God. 
That probably is the most powerful, possessive pronoun in all of Scripture. When we move from just talking about Jesus and we talk to him and then we respond and give him our lives, we call him my Lord, my master, my hope. We all need hope. And the name of hope is Jesus. Verse 29, and Jesus said, you believe because you see me. Now listen, here's where he talks to us in this current season. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. So not only does he speak to them, but he speaks to those of us 2,000 years later. And he says, you'll be blessed for those who believe without seeing me. Where does that leave us? How, we're, how are we to move forward in a season of unknown? I'm going to give you several different, uh, pass, uh, one passage, but different translations that will help talk about faith. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So don't, don't fly past it. What we need is faith. How do we address the unknown? It's called faith. And faith is the confidence in what we hope for. It's our hope in Jesus Christ and will actually happen that he will take us through this hard season, through the dark valleys. But it gives us assurance about things that we still cannot see. It's faith versus, let me throw out that word from last week, spiritual solipsism. Spiritual solipsism is saying, I'll only believe in what I can see, understand, and comprehend and explain. What I feel. And that is just the 180 of faith. Here's, here's the New International Version. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. The New Century Version says this. Faith means being sure of things that we hope for and knowing that something is real even though we don't see it. Contemporary English Version. Faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. That's the power of faith. That's that peace that supersedes, that overcomes all things around us and circumstances. The, the God's word says this, faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us the existence of things we cannot see. Okay, here's the last one. And I want you to, to hang on to this one. It's from the message paraphrase, but I think it probably is the one that will serve us best this week. Here's what the message paraphrase says, Hebrews 11.1. 1. This trust in God, that's faith, this trust in God is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. So that faith in God, that's the firm foundation in everything uh, that makes life worth living. And notice this, it's our handle on what we cannot see. That our hope, whose name is Jesus, that's our handle. That's who we hang on to in spite of what may or may not come. Our end has already been taken care of, and so he's given us the grace to make it. And he said, I am with you. Even behind closed doors, I'm with you. And I will give you peace. And I will give you the Holy Spirit. And I will give you a job. Your job is to go out and to be there. Much of our fear, uh, here's what Craig Groeschel says. My faith isn't based on what I see. My faith is based on who God is. 
that that would be our hope. Our hope is in God and God alone. And last, much of our fear is caused by calculating with God. Much of our fear is caused by calculating without God. So I want you to listen to this next song and then don't check out. I want to have some immediate response to what you have heard this morning. I want to make sure that that we are not just hearers of what Jesus had to say, but that we actually apply what he had to say to us today. And so uh, right after uh, uh, Brett sings, I want to come back and have just a short visit with you. Uh, Let me pray for us. Father, as we give our offerings here in just a moment, I pray that we would give liberally. I pray that we would give uh, generously because you are our hope. And I pray that we would put our hope in Jesus Christ. And anytime we begin to put our hope or anytime uh, in, in something else or someone else, anytime we begin to have a fear that displaces our faith, tap on our, on our hearts so that we can confess that and reconfigure again and set our eyes upon you and in you alone. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brett and Cole. So how do we develop our faith? Our faith comes by hearing, and notice this in Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So I want you to respond in three ways today. And in this response, uh, here's what they will do, and I'll step you through it. And when you uh, click out of uh, the worship time, there is a response tab, and you can click on it, and you can respond. But there are three uh, words I want you to respond with. And the three words are read, discuss, and write. Read, discuss, and write. And first of all, what I want you to do is I want you to read uh, this particular uh, Bible reading. It's in our YouVersionBible.com. It's called Hope in the Dark, and it's a 12-day study. It will be so good. And as you read Scripture, read help, reading Scripture helps you to develop uh, your faith. And so we want you to spend some time uh, every day getting into God's Word and reading it. We would encourage you. The link is there uh, for you to do this. The next thing I want you to commit to is to discuss. Now, when you get through with this this morning, I want you to hang around, if you're, uh, regardless of whether you're with somebody or not, I want you to think about two questions, and there are further discussion questions that uh, you can log on to uh, in the response section. But there are two that I want you to deal with immediately today before you go any further. The first one, and I want you to discuss this, from past experiences, how have you seen Jesus to be trustworthy? In past experiences, how have you seen Jesus to be trustworthy? Just share one with whoever you're with, or if you're by yourself, to think and reminisce about what was it like, because memory is so important. There are times that Karen and I will talk about, you remember when God came through in this area? You remember when God spoke to us in this area? And remembering is powerful, and it's encouraging for the people around you. And so we would ask you, don't take off yet, but have this short discussion with whoever you're with. From past experiences, how have you seen Jesus to be trustworthy? The second question that we'd like for you to discuss is this. 
How does it feel to know that Jesus has called you to serve your family, your co-workers, and neighbors? So the question is, look at that. How does it make you to feel that you are his representative, that you're his tour guide to serve exactly where God has you? And then the next part of that discussion is, who has God given you favor with? So it doesn't have to be limited to your close proximity neighbors. That's where we're suggesting But God has given you favor with some people who are not yet followers of Jesus who need to be encouraged. And so begin to pray and ask God to give you favor with those um, who need a note of encouragement. And take the packet that we have here, and we'll talk about how to pick those up in just a moment. But take a packet or two, write notes, and uh, drop that at your neighbor's, neighbor's house. And then third is what I've led into is the word write. And we want you not just to read. We don't want you just to discuss. We want you then to take action and write a note to those people encourage them. Uh, now, here's what we also have. Uh, we have uh, located uh, some yard signs that we also would appreciate you taking and putting up in your, in your yard or in your window. And here's what we would like for you to do is to take one of the yard signs and place that in your yard. And in our particular neighborhood, I am seeing more and more people walk, people I have not yet met, uh, trying to do my best to carry on a few conversations as I can. and we want, would encourage you to take uh, one of the, the signs. So the question you're all wondering is, how in the world are you supposed to get the cards? And how are you supposed to uh, get uh, the yard sign? couple ways. And first of all, I have on our slides here, you can pick up cards and the yard sign. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, noon to 1 or 4 to 5.30. But we know so many of you want to get it today and you're thinking, I want to see Pastor Troy. I need to see Pastor Troy. And so Troy's already waiting for you right now. And uh, he's at the entrance of Flipside and you can just drive through the, the driveway. You don't even have to get out. He'll deliver the cards. He'll deliver the yard sign to you if you choose to do that. He'll be there from now until noon. So after your discussion... Uh, with your family, then uh, you can get in a car, one or more of you, however many want to see Troy, and uh, he will be happy to uh, distribute the cards to you and the yard sign. And as I said, there are uh, further discussion questions that we'd like for you to uh, keep in mind. One, one major thing I need you to know about, we have a, uh, an interesting event that many of you have been a part of, a secret church. It's this Friday evening, obviously with uh, coronavirus issues. Now you can receive the teaching of Dr. David Platt, who is an amazing theologian. This guy knows the Word of God better than anybody I've ever met. And he just has a handle on uh, God's Word. And he'll be teaching, and we can uh, live stream that straight to your, uh, your mobile device. And uh, the, this year's topic is the perfect timing. It's God, government, and the gospel. And he's talking about what do we do with all the division among uh, the United States with uh, the government and people uh, just at each other. So what does God have to say about government? What does he have to say about the gospel? And how do we interact with the government? How do we interact with God? And how does the gospel fit in? 
And at the bottom of our newcovchurch.org, uh, there's an events tab. Click on events. You can get signed up and we can get books to you as well. It's all that information is there. It's this Friday evening. The beauty of this one is you can start and stop. It will run from 6, uh, six to midnight and you can start and stop as you see necessary. New Covenant, may God bless you. May God keep you. May his presence and his peace guard your heart. May the peace that supersedes all circumstances guard your hearts through Jesus Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May God bless you. Thanks for being with us today.